Oh, it's good to be back. Welcome back. Hello. I see so many of you have already gathered and it is good to be back. It really is. Nice little getaway, although the plan was for Jillian and I to escape foggy San Francisco for some sunshine. And what we got was a very foggy Pismo Beach until, of course, the morning we left, in which case we were greeted with blue skies and green grass and all the colors that we'd went to see and, and didn't get much of. But we had a great time, nice little relaxing getaway with the kids, the grandparents, and it was a fun trip. But sunshine... We could use a little more of that next time. Um, it is good to be back with you. Obviously, we got training camps underway. We got a Bay Bridge series. I should have worn my cell T-shirt. I guess I can wear that tomorrow because we got a game in the Bay Bridge series again tonight. That cell T-shirt, by the way, and just the sell the team chance, getting more and more play in the media, and we'll talk about what that might mean in just a little bit. We're going to start with Nick Bosa and obviously his training camp early absence because uh, if I'm his agent, he's not going into the building without a brand new contract extension. And what is the delay? We'll get to all of that in just a second, but you have been asking, and I have been meaning to tell you the plans that we have for our first ever plus meetup. And now that we're back together again, I officially want to tell you about it and cordially invite you to come and hang out our little Plus family is going to gather together for the very first time on August 5th. I've given you the date. Now I'm going to give you the location. We're going to do this at Victory Hall, which is on Rich Street, 360 Rich Street in San Francisco, close to the ballpark. And we're going to meet at 3 p.m., and the, uh, the the bar will basically be ours. We're going to hang out together. Blackened whiskeys coming by with some cocktails. There might be lumpia or Ike sandwiches involved even. Uh, but we are going to have a really good time getting together. And it is going to roll nicely into the fact that that is a day of the Bay Bridge series resuming but over in Oakland, I believe. So we are going to have a good time getting together, and I really want you to be there, especially to everyone who is gathering together so early before the show even starts in the chat room. Come on. Uh, come on out to hang out with us. We are going to have our Battle of the Bay watch party at Victory Hall, which is 360 Rich Street on August 5th at 3 p.m. And I can tell you right now that our uh, official big surprise guest, the Duchess. The Duchess herself will be in town, and the Duchess will be at the first ever Plus meetup. So come on out and say hi to mom. <laughs> um, it is great, great to have uh, you here again. Thank you so much. I did miss you while I was away. I know it's a sleepy time of the year, but you can feel football coming. You can see it in the headlines. It's almost like you can smell it like the salt in the air when you're by the ocean. You're getting close to football season. Training camp is underway, but again, no Nick Bosa down in Santa Clara. And I guess my real question is, is why? Because this really shouldn't be a negotiation. It really shouldn't be. Now, if they want to slow play him in and say that we're not finding him or the fines that will be applied to him being out are going to get waived and all that stuff, that, that's great. But why even go through all that to begin with? 
You've had an entire offseason to work on this contract and get the deal done. Where is the delay? Is it Parag going through the minutia of the six different ways to pay Bosa that I'm sure he's got all mapped out on all of his abacuses? Is it Abakai? I don't, I don't even know. But it, it's it's got to be pretty easy to figure out when the contract is, well, start with the highest paid defensive player of all time and then put a cherry on top. That's it. That's the Nick Bosa negotiation. Who is the number one paid defensive player in all of football? Cherry on top of that, there's your new deal. That's it. By process of elimination, Nick Bosa is, I think, maybe the most important player on this team. You could say, well, wait a minute, Christian McCaffrey. But at the same time, we have been told implicitly by every single team, every single general manager in football, that the running back is among the most replaceable positions in football. That's just the way it goes. There is no other Nick Bosa available. There is, I don't care who backs him up. I don't care how well-regarded his backup is. They're not Nick Bosa. They're not the NFL's reigning defensive player of the year. Parag had a long run-up, and it was this because we're the, the team was buying leads or whatever that that soccer team is. Um, and, and and let's be completely honest with this whole Nick Bosa contract. You're just talking about the guaranteed money and the terms, guaranteed money and terms, because a contract the size of what he is about to get is going to expand and contract like an accordion to make room around the edges of the cap for the Niners to work with. That's how all these big contracts go. There's wiggle room built in to say, well, we're converting some of your guaranteed salary now back into a signing bonus, which opens up more cap room and blah, blah. There's a million ways to manipulate this thing. So, um, you know, Nick Bosa to me is a tone setter. He's the kind of guy you want every young player on your team just looking at. And there is zero to question about this man's work ethic. Nick Bosa comes in with essentially 0% body fat and the greatest shape any athlete's ever been in every single day of his career. Nick Bosa is almost beyond reproach in terms of, well, are you taking this year seriously? That guy takes every day seriously. And let's face it, Nick Bosa, when he was still at Ohio State, you know, there was an awful lot of, will he fit in well in the Bay Area? Will the way he is wired being a Floridian, being someone who has been pro, you know his name, how will he fit in out here? And the truth is he has fit in beautifully. Nick Bosa loves it out here. He loves the Niners. The Niners love him right back. This guy has not been anything but a model 49er. It's gone so smoothly and so well. Why the 49ers would dicker around with a single zero or decimal point or comma for this guy? I just, I don't understand that. And I'm not even saying that they're, they're, they're jerking him around in any way, but I'm surprised it's not already done. I would have wanted, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, the most important tone setter player example of what I want a pro to be on my team from day one. That's what I would want. Um, and you can see right now, uh, they're just blank checking everyone who's really good in football. Like, that's how the new negotiation works. Um, the Chargers, did you see what they gave 
Justin Herbert, a five-year, $262.5 million extension, what, 218 and change guaranteed. He is now the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL by annual average salary. Uh, the Giants this morning, the New York Giants, gave their left tackle Andrew Thomas, who was a 2020 first-rounder, a five-year, $117.5 million extension, a $67 million guaranteed price point, which is the largest ever for an offensive lineman. Uh, even the Bears got Cole Komet done today. The Bears historically a chintzy team. Uh, Cole Komet, who is somewhere in between an important pass-catching tight end, yet very much a blocking tight end all at the same time. He got a $50 million four-year extension with almost $33 million guaranteed. So when it comes to dealing with Nick Bosa and his agent, it's basically, here's a blank check. You tell us what you need. That's what you get. There you go. Highest paid defensive player of all time is what Nick Bosa is going to be. So we know that that's the starting point. What's really to negotiate? How high? It's going to be high. The guy's going to get paid through the nose, and you know what? He deserves it. He deserves it for the production he gives the team and for the fact, th the example that he sets, not just for the 49ers, but basically every professional athlete. I, I, I don't know any group of professional athletes who take their offseason as seriously as Nick Bosa does. And all you need to do all you need to prove that is for him to take a shirt off. Is is Cam Inman still writing, uh, oh my God, he's so dreamy articles? I wouldn't blame him if he was. It is impressive when that guy goes shirtless. It's it, I hate him. <laughs> you should too. Um, training camp, baby, it's underway. It's good that it's underway. I know a lot of people are shooting down to Santa Clara to put their eyes on this team and uh, try to figure out where the biggest position battles are, what the position battles are. And I'll tell you, it's pretty settled everywhere, right? It, it is pretty settled everywhere. I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes of Diamador Lenore, uh, what happens with Colton McKivitz, obviously. Now the new right tackle for this team, Drake Jackson's development to being Nick Bosa's understudy is a crucial, I think, thing to keep an eye on and track during the training camp. Spencer Burford taking another step forward as a premier offensive lineman. That would be a great thing to see. Um, a third season out of Talanoa Hufanga is going to be fascinating to me because that third season is usually when it all starts clicking, and it started clicking for that guy like right away. So he should just be a beast for the 49ers this year. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson Sr. did a really good job as the safety tandem with Hufanga last season. And now you've got Miles Hartsfeld, who from Carolina knows that Steve Wilkes system very well. Is he going to be challenging for a starting job? And of course, the first pick that they were allowed to make in last year's NFL draft, a third rounder, but their first pick was Jair Brown. The rookie safety out of Penn State, who I'll tell you right now, stood out in Penn State games. That guy can play. So it's it's going to be really, really interesting. But I don't think that there are many position battles to be like, oh, big surprise there. We know who the starting wide receivers and running back is going to be. We know pretty much across the board all the starting offensive linemen. I think we know pretty much every single position but maybe one or two defensively your starters are locked in special teamers are locked in by default we know that so where is the drama going to be 
And the answer, I think, is it's it's going to be manufactured more than anything else. That's where the drama is going to be. It's going to be manufactured drama more than anything else. I mean, you've had a lot of fans, a lot of 49er fans. You've had an awful lot of people talking about uh, journalists included, not just fans, but journalists and content creators and people looking for attention. I guess I'm one of these people now, but you'll have to go back through the tape and say, you know, Damon, of all of our favorite YouTubers, you're officially raising the least amount of red flags when it comes to what's going on in that quarterbacking room. And I know that there are people getting millions of views and lots of hits and clicks because anytime you start talking about 49er quarterback, people glom onto it and flock to it. Maybe I should do more of it. Maybe it would be good for the plus after all. But I just can't. I can't sell you something that isn't there. And there really hasn't been any quarterback controversy to even sell you. Brock Purdy's world and you're living in it. That's what we're looking at. And that was what was confirmed by both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch yesterday. First of all, Purdy has had a, a great offseason considering it started with a surgery and then all the rehabbing and all the things that could go wrong either on the operating table or in the rehabbing process. None of them went wrong. The normal amount of everything is going well with this recovery stories were like, they weren't joking around. They weren't lying. That all happened. So, uh, he's ahead of schedule in all ways. And what do you know? He's cleared to join the team and training camp and any and all team activities. They talk about, they're going to just be careful. They're going to have him a little bit on a pitch count, but that's to be expected. You know, Trey Lance didn't do anything. And this isn't a criticism of Trey Lance, but Trey Lance didn't do anything to redefine himself to this coaching staff or to that locker room. He's been working hard. Uh, he His name might be called upon some point in time this year. So, I mean, I'm as big a Trey Lance fan as you're going to find, but he's not better at this than Brock Purdy, not now at this point in his career and it's win a Super Bowl time. Am I, am I telling you that Brock Purdy is the win a Super Bowl quarterback? Not by himself, but in the right situation, he can drive this bus. We all saw it last year, and hopefully we see it for 17 regular season games and beyond this year. I'd love to see a full season out of Brock Purdy. And I know that you would too. And Trey Lance fans, again, you got to stop trying to speak him into existence. If you stumble upon him, if you happen upon Trey Lance, that's going to be interesting enough to not have to sell it until it actually happens. So just calm down and take a breath, everybody. God. Again, maybe this is why I'm already not at 100,000 viewers because I'm the calm down, take a breath guy. I don't know if calm down, take a breath guy even has a, a place in the world of sports anymore. But I guess we're about to find out. I think that's a sip of the day. I think we're underway with a good sip of the day. 
I don't want to go any further without telling you about some dear, dear friends of mine who happen to be sponsoring the very program that you're looking at right now. Thanks so much to Ike's. Ike's is a hell of a sandwich with nearly 100 locations in California and beyond. Get yourself an Ike's sandwich. You're going to be awfully happy that you did. Whatever your taste might be, he can meet it. I promise you that. We've got uh, Uncle Boy's, a San Francisco original. Go ahead and stop by Uncle Boy's in the inner Richmond. And let me tell you what you get when you go into Uncle Boy's. I like the cowboy burger. Go ahead and pick yourself up a cowboy burger. Maybe you want a plain Jane it a little bit more than that. Maybe you want the spicy one. You do that. Get the onion rings too. And get yourself a side Olympia. Do it. Don't question Uncle Damon. When you get to Uncle Boy's, get the Olympia. Just do it. Trust me. Have I ever stirred you wrong or steered you wrong? See, I'm already thinking of cocktails stirring, and that's my boys at Blackened, who, again, are going to be serving up specialty cocktails. We're going to have some Blackened swag to give away. I know that Jillian's gone out and made some, some Plus stickers we're going to be giving away. They're, they're, that, that's, that's the uh, Plus sticker right there. Uh, this is, this is uh, an Indiana call-out. This is... Uh, this is uh, uh, don't doubt me. I don't even know where I got that, but I put that on there. This is a a fish uh, fish in Mexico reference. This is uh, nice bison, which is an Indiana uh, swag thing. And this is David motherfucking Bowie. And I don't need to explain who that is. You all know who that is. But we want you to come on out to uh, Victory Hall on August 5th and get yourself maybe the first taste of blackened that you have. But if you're a diehard plucer, you've already got a couple bottles in the liquor cabinet already. I'm sure of that. So uh, thank you very much for taking care of me by taking care of our sponsors. It means an awful lot when you do that. Uh, we are going to slip into Club Plus, obviously. we got some things to talk about there. Uh, one of the things we will not be talking about uh, are the thirst trap photos that apparently Debo's been sending to Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> Have you seen this story? I like this story an awful lot. So, you know, Debo is not exactly the greatest interview there is, but he is an interesting guy. He really is. And he is stepping into the 2023 season with a vengeance. He was not happy with how 2022 played out after 2021 saw him really become one of the best stories in the entire NFL. His production dropped. Because I think his focus on what really mattered dropped. Debo's head got stirred by the contract negotiation that he entered and it didn't go smoothly originally and he wanted out and he wasn't happy that he was treated like a running back. And now that you're seeing what running backs are getting paid around the league, I get it. I get it. But there was some tension that dribbled into his off-season workout program, and he started the year a little bit out of shape, a little bit slow, and he did get his sea legs underneath him eventually. But it wasn't a great year from Debo, and he'd be the first one to tell it to you. As a matter of fact, in his moments of honesty, which really didn't come in you know, an interview that he ever did with Ray and I or with other sports talk hosts, but you know, he, he stepped to the podium and basically said, I'm never going to put another season like that on tape again. 
And apparently he's not joking around because Kyle Shanahan said, and I quote, never had a grown man send me so many pictures with a shirt off, but it looks good. I can tell he put the work in. So I know you guys heard him that day. Uh, yeah, he was not happy with his own preparation. And apparently is really, really corrected that. And Debo's in great shape. And that's fantastic because when you ask how far did the 49ers go? There are basically three prongs that will tell you how far the 49ers went. Because it's football, boys and girls, never forget the most important thing on the field is defense. Defense will take the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, a great year out of him, will take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, compounded with a great year out of Debo Samuel. Those are the three, what picks got to click? I mean, obviously your offensive line needs to do its job. Everybody's got their job to do, but this has got to be an awful lot of Debo, Christian McCaffrey with a defense that is relentless. That's how the 49ers reached the Super Bowl this year. With all due respect to Brock Purdy and everyone else. And it feels like we don't nearly talk about George Kittle as much as we used to. He plays a vital role in this offense clicking. We know that. We know that. But the two most important guys offensively are Debo and CMC. And the most important guy defensively is Bosa. Get him into camp as soon as you can with a contract that makes everybody go, God damn. He deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Uh, one other piece of NFL news to tell you about. Uh, the Panthers have named rookie number one pick in the NFL draft, Bryce Young, their starting quarterback. Head coach Frank Reich is just going to throw him right into the fire, and we'll see how he does. So uh, there you go, a brand-new starting quarterback in the NFL. We got Bryce Young starting this year. That didn't take very long. He's had an impressive uh off season into his first season. Here's the thing. Can you have an off season if you never had an on season in a league? His rookie off season, what would you call that? His run up season. Just thinking aloud. Just thinking aloud. I missed you. It's good to have you back here. A couple of other things to talk about. Obviously, the Bay Bridge series, uh, it's not going to hang around very long. The Giants are off tomorrow before the Red Sox reach town on Friday. But the Bay Bridge series wraps up tonight. Ryan Walker will open for the Giants against Hogan Harris. The Giants snapped a, a bad losing streak. What was it, a six-gamer? The worst of the year, I believe. Um, again, this is the nice part about vacation. You don't worry about losing streaks as much as you do than, I guess, when you're not on vacation. But, uh, you know, the Giants did no glory to their own record going through Washington, D.C., and then going belly up for that one game in Detroit. Their bats have been silent. It has not been a good offensive week and a half for the San Francisco Giants. And last night, you know, against a team that, let's be honest, that, that, that Oakland A's team is borderline unidentifiable. It really is. That's an unidentifiable Major League Baseball team. I guarantee you, you could take almost any name that started for the A's last night, bring them out to the general population, just hold the name up like you were waiting for them in an airport to pick them up. Be like, who does this guy play for? And the vast majority of people wouldn't know. Wouldn't even know that that name was a professional athlete. That is how 
unidentifiable the Oakland A's have truly become. And it's sad. It's awful. But that's not what we're talking about right here. As bad as the A's are, as unidentifiable as they are, the Giants couldn't identify many base hits. Would they have a grand total of four? They still got a win, though. Alex Cobb was very good. The pen did its job, and the Giants won. It's not a victory that is cloaked in glory or to be remembered in any way, but it was good enough to win a game. So we got uh, wrapping up the Bay Bridge series tonight going on, and I'll tell you, the sell the team chant and the angle of selling the team is officially getting more run today than it might have even gotten on the day of the reverse boycott in Oakland. It feels like the media is starting to pick up this a little bit more than baseball wants it to. And maybe, just maybe, there's a little something to this and the way it's being picked up now by MLB Network and ESPN and baseball's media partners that, you know, don't want that message out there, you wouldn't think, but now are sort of relenting to the fact that, hey, you know, we've basically pulled Planet Baseball. And outside of maybe a small handful of Vegas residents who are excited about the A's coming to town, the majority of everyone on the planet realizes that the right way to go about baseball in Las Vegas is with a new expansion team, not robbing Oakland of theirs because their owner is such a, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucker. That's it. That's the correct word. That's what John Fisher is. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe this is the slow banging drum that is starting to proceed what maybe baseball feels like will be a vote that doesn't allow the A's to relocate. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. I guess that's what you do when you have one of these shows. You just you think out loud. That's what I'm doing. We have identified a new San Francisco giant. And boy, this is a name that we've heard so much about. Uh, I, I I sure hope the computer model says put him in the lineup tonight because Marco Luciano has been called up to the San Francisco Giants, a team that has had an awful lot of trouble hitting the bard with any oomph, uh, has got a kid who swings a very loud bat when it comes to exit velocity, which is something that Gabe Kapler was just talking about after last night's win. Over the A's, Gabe Kapler told Andrew Baggerly, uh, we're not hitting the ball hard enough, often enough. And when we do, we're not getting rewarded often enough. Okay. You know, finally, a, a sentiment from Gabe Kapler that's not perceived as odd or weird. I like that. Uh, Andrew Baggerly went on to write that there's a reason that Luciano may be appearing. Well, that is what Gabe Kapler is talking about aloud because the front office took note when top prospect Marco Luciano hit a home run that left the bat at 110 miles for, per hour for AAA Sacramento at Albuquerque on Tuesday night. They also noticed the 110.2 line out to shortstop and the 108.8 mile per hour grounder to first base. They might have also noticed that only Austin Slater has hit a ball 
anywhere in that realm of exit velocity since the All-Star break for the Giants. Look, Wilmer Flores has been hitting the ball pretty well, but it's not like the Giants' abacus will ever let Wilmer Flores into a lineup that masks that. I mean, they, they don't ride a hot hitter. The Giants have a way that they build their lineups, and the concept of a hot hitter is just not factored in. It really isn't. So um, they need someone else. And they got someone else now in Marco Luciano. Let's see what he does tonight. We've seen both, uh, you know, Luis Matos and Casey Schmidt cool off a little bit. Patrick Bailey is the leading bell of the ball of this rookie class so far. The call-ups that we've seen, he's been fantastic. Outside of that, they need another little punch. And hopefully Luciano provides them with a little bit more of a punch. And let's face it, when we're looking at the deadline, what do the Giants need? Because it seems more and more and more like a reality that the Angels are just going to go down on the sinking Otani ship. They're not going to be trading him. And even if they were to be trading him, they probably wouldn't have traded him to the San Francisco Giants because other teams can even offer more than the Giants would be willing to offer for someone they didn't think of as a long-term solution if he were just to be a rental. Like, I get it. I get all the Otani, don't do it anxiety. To me, I would flush all that anxiety for the single greatest baseball player of all time. That's just me. Had a video about that come out yesterday for an Otani Tuesday. But look, um, the price to get him might actually be subversive to success once you have him. So the best shot that the Giants might have at Otani realistically is through free agency. So him not being traded is maybe good news to seasons beyond. But you can't worry about seasons beyond when you're in the middle of a playoff race, which the Giants are right now. The Braves are really good. They're not great. They're really good. They're not great. They're really good. The rest of the National League, I don't even know if the rest of the National League even qualifies for the compliment of really good. You got a few teams that are good, and the Giants are one of those few teams. Good can beat really good on a baseball field any day. If a bad team can beat a great team any day, good can beat really good. How do the Giants join the really good conversation? Well, they needed another infielder, an outfielder, and a pitcher. Well, now that Marco Luciano is up, maybe that's your infielder right there. So look for maybe a center fielder that can really start changing prospects. Another guy to throw out there. And what I've even heard it, I'm sure you've heard it too, the Giants are thinking about Verlander possibly. Are the Mets about to blow up a season that has just landed like a lead balloon in New York? It's going to be interesting to watch how it all plays out. The trade deadline, tick-tock, tick-tock. It is coming soon for Major League Baseball. We'll see how aggressive the Giants actually get. Um, Next topic today is an uncomfortable topic because it's not about a professional athlete. It's about a professional athlete's son who is tabbed to be a professional athlete almost by default one day. But that could have all have changed with the information that's come out just over the last 24, 48 hours about LeBron James's son. What a scary call that has to be to hear your 
you know, your son who is genetically predisposed to be one hell of a world-class athlete based on your daddy's DNA has what I believe has been identified as a, what a congenial or congenial, I guess, or, you know, a heart defect. Congenitive heart defect. Well, I, I should have looked that up, but um, this isn't like, oh, you know, he took the, the vaccine and he, no, he, I, I think he's got a problem with his heart. To hear that he had a cardiac arrest and was in intensive care and is now out of intensive care, that's good news alone. That right there is enough to satisfy me. I don't care about that kid's career as much as I care about that kid's life, but we know how sports media is, and everyone is going to try to draw a conclusion. Does this now change LeBron James's career timeline if there is no longer an expectation that he would ever play with his son one day. And I don't know if his son is ever going to play organized basketball ever again. If this is really a heart defect. You know, this is something that you, you can't fix. You can put in, what, a stint or a defibrillator. You can put, you can, you can work on it, but you can't just fix it. Oh my God. When I heard that, I couldn't, that's, it's the only time that I, you know, I think I saw something in my phone on vacation and I was like, oh my God. Well, that and the Justin Herbert contract, but that, that is some real, real life, real scary stuff happening for the James family and, you know, thoughts and prayers to them for sure. Uh, I'm not much of a religious guy, but as someone who's got two little boys of his own now, oh my God, I see that and I start thinking about my own kids and I, I'm going to start tearing up. I mean, that is just, that's that's a nightmare for parents to hear something like that. So I wish him the very, very best and the healthiest of recoveries. And if he never plays basketball again, that's cool. Uh, daddy's loaded. But obviously, you know, the kid had a, a, a pursuit in his life he was going after ambitiously and that might all be completely thrown off track now. And, and that's a shame. That is absolutely a shame. Oh my gosh. We got people who are chatting so much. Plusers a popping all over the place. So I do want to get into club plus so I don't miss half of your comments. Um, let us real quick. Uh, True blue forever. Noticing. Yeah. Prestige worldwide. Boats and hose. What do we got here from Lynn Kelly? She said, good morning, everyone. Hopefully Damon and family enjoyed their recent beach vacation. We would have enjoyed it more had there been sunshine. We got up to Avila Beach for one day. Very pretty, cute little California seaside town. There was also uh, right out by uh, um, Avila Beach, there's this little petting zoo. And I'm going to tell you right now, we brought the kids to the petting zoo, but I would have gone without them. I'm a sucker for a petting zoo. I could feed romaine lettuce or any iceberg, whatever lettuce. It was it was all romaine, I noticed. But uh, I could feed lettuce to goats all day. Baby goats, miniature goats, full-size goats, goat goats. I, I, I love a petting zoo. No apologies. I love a petting zoo. I'm a 48-year-old I'm a man who loves a petting zoo. Probably even more than my kids did. <laughs> Uh, 
one other story to get to before we hop into Club Plus. And it is, believe it or not, a soccer story. And with all due respect to the U.S. women's national team, it's not about them. It's about Lionel Messi. Have you seen this guy's impact just down in, what, two games he's been with Inter-Miami? And I have seen the goal that he came in and scored, what, his first MLS kick, free kick, indirect kick. What do they call Free kicks? wasn't a penalty kick. It was a free kick. Um, what did he do? He did the old bend it like Beckham. Incredible goal. I'm not a big soccer guy, but even I realized the importance of that. And uh, what he scored again in the last game, Miami's enjoying leads. It's never enjoyed in games before. There is a messy effect that is being measured everywhere. It's really easy to measure, though, when you can actually count it with follows and social media impact. Oh, the other big story was, uh, I, I guess we don't tweet anymore. We zeet. Is that how you, is X, X, where it's X? Welcome to X, everybody. What are you doing, Elon? Anyway, um, Joe Pamplano, who's a great, great Twitter follow, or excuse me, X follow, says that Apple TV gave Messi a cut of streaming revenue to get him over to MLS. And he gets a cut of streaming revenue from new MLS subscriptions. And Messi is officially now promoting that directly to his Instagram followers. And guess how many he has there? Almost a half a billion. He's got 480 million Instagram followers. And he's basically saying, sign up for Apple TV. And he gets a cut of that. He is about to make a fortune on that alone. And you want to talk about... Uh, an unbelievable, unbelievable stat. Inter-Miami is now the fourth most followed sports team in the United States. Number one, the Golden State Warriors, 31 million. The Lakers, 23 million. The Cavaliers, somehow, 16 million. And then Inter-Miami, 12 million. They had a million Instagram followers just a month ago. And have added 11 million since Messi has shown up. That is unbelievable. Seriously, unbelievable. You feeling, you feeling like it's time to get into the club? I can't wait to hear from you. See all the things that you're talking about, really. Let me plug in over here. But uh, welcome everyone back who had been gone because it was a week's vacation. The podcast has resumed. And if that's how you're consuming the Damon Bruce show, I thank you so very much for tuning in. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it.